For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part four of the series. Before we can even understand the things that Paul is trying to explain in the book of Galatians, we need to have a background of Paul's world in the first century, wherein there was a debate in the first century that Yeshua was a part of with his disciples, that Paul ended up being a part of as well, not only in his personal life that he had to deal with it, but then after he became a believer in Yeshua, Yeshua as the Messiah on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, he dealt with this issue in his letters, and we're going to examine what he said in the book of Galatians, and that is the issue was not if you should follow the Torah in believing in the God of Israel and seeking to follow after him and his ways and his kingdom, but the issue was how to properly follow that Torah. And so that which Yeshua did and lived and taught his disciples was in contrast to what the rabbis in Pharisaic Judaism was teaching the people. And so there's a conflict between the Torah of Yeshua and the Torah of the rabbis. And what did the Torah of Yeshua look like? Well, to begin with, Yeshua gave the Torah and then we are to study and read and understand the written Torah or the Word of God. And since Torah and the Word of God are synonymous terms, that the narrow definition of Torah or the Word of God is the first five books. But the broad meaning of the instructions of God is Genesis to Revelation, because the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation contains the instructions or the Torah of God. That Yeshua's Torah is we're to take the written texts and that written text is to be written upon our heart and our minds. And that's what the new covenant is. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. The new covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts. And then we are given the indwelling Holy Spirit so that we can follow Yeshua's Torah with the help leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit that we don't try to follow Yeshua's Torah in our own strength, in our own ability, and in our own understanding. But following Yeshua 
Yeshua's Torah is light and it is easy, as he stated in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This is in contrast to the Torah of the Pharisees, where they take the written text and they say it cannot be understood without their help, without their interpretation, and that when they make an interpretation, that their interpretation represents or speaks for God, and thus they teach that their interpretation is a commandment of God that the people are to follow. And while they say that a written text is not to contradict another written scripture, they say that if their rabbinical ruling contradicts the written text, that you are to follow their rabbinical ruling instead of the written text. That even if they rule that left is right and right is left, you still are to follow them in their rulings. And so Yeshua said regarding the Torah of the rabbis, the Torah of the Pharisees, that they place heavy burdens upon the people. And following the teachings of the rabbis is called the oral Torah, and it's also called the tradition of the elders or the tradition of the fathers. So that's a reference to the oral Torah, not the written text. And so we can see from Matthew in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, that Yeshua did not teach his disciples to follow the Torah of the rabbis. Yeshua did teach his disciples to follow his Torah, and he did teach them to follow the Torah, but not the interpretation of the Torah by the rabbis. And so we see in Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 39, that Yeshua, when he ate with the Pharisee, he did not wash his hands before he ate, which the rabbis teach that you must always wash your hands before you eat. And so this is the issue that Paul is going to deal with in the book of Galatians, where he's addressing primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, that no one can say that Yeshua is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, that they came to faith and belief in Yeshua as the Messiah by the Spirit of God. And then the issue given that in the first century that in the synagogues there were both Jew and non-Jews who was in the synagogue, that the rabbis in the synagogue was going to advocate following the Torah a certain way, but then believe in Yeshua as Messiah, both Jew and non-Jew, they were not to follow the teachings of the rabbis, but follow Yeshua's teachings as he gave his disciples. And then in Acts chapter 2, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so then Paul is speaking against, in the book of Galatians, the non-Jews who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, who are then trying to follow the Torah through the teachings and the understandings of the rabbis instead of following Yeshua's Torah. And so that is what Paul was speaking against. It's not as what traditional Christianity says the issue is. And they say that the issue there was once you believed in Yeshua as the Messiah, that you're not to follow the Torah. Paul was not saying that you're not supposed to follow the Torah. He was saying you're not supposed to follow the Torah of the rabbis. He was saying that you are to follow the Torah of Yeshua because he himself testified in Romans chapter 7 verse 22 that he delights in the Torah of God after the inward man. And Paul himself also said in Romans chapter 7 verse 25 that with his mind he follows or serves the Torah of God. And then finally, Paul asked the question in Romans chapter 3 verse 31, do we, Jew and non-Jew, 
you make void the Torah through faith, do away with following the Torah because it's saved by grace through faith. So traditional Christianity primarily uses the book of Galatians to say that Paul taught that after we're saved by grace through faith in Messiah Yeshua, that the Torah has been nailed to the cross, that we make void the Torah, that the Torah is bondage. But Paul answers his own question in Romans chapter 3, verse 31. Do we make void the Torah through faith? God forbid we establish the Torah. The issue that is in the book of Galatians that the conflict is not whether you should follow the Torah, but the proper way to follow the Torah when one believes in Yeshua as the Messiah. Because Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments or to follow my Torah. And so that which was an issue with Yeshua and with his disciples, in Matthew in chapter 15 and verses 1 and 2 is going to be the issue in Acts chapter 15 and it's going to be the primary issue that Paul is addressing in his letters. So let's review that in Matthew in chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 it says then came to Yeshua scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem once again, the Pharisees believe that the way in which you are supposed to follow the Torah is through the teachings of the rabbis who believe that they have the authority to properly interpret the biblical text and their interpretation should be followed and their decisions should be seen as their representing or their speaking for God himself. And so they said, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? So the tradition of the elders is not following the written Torah that was given at Mount Sinai, but it's following the rabbi's interpretation, the oral Torah. And so Yeshua was teaching his disciples the proper way to follow the Torah, given that he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and with and through the giving and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was given to help followers in Yeshua. Yeshua to worship him in spirit and in truth. So this is in contrast to not believing in Yeshua and following the Torah according to the interpretation of the rabbi. So Yeshua himself did not follow the authority of the teaching of the rabbis, but his authority for his teachings, as he stated, came from his father. So therefore, he taught his disciples that the proper way to follow the Torah is to not submit Submit themselves to rabbinical authority, but to learn the written Torah as Yeshua taught it to his disciples. And then the disciples were given the commissioning to go out and teach Yeshua being the Messiah and following his Torah to the nations. And that's what we call the Great Commission. So we can see from John chapter 11 that the rabbis and the Pharisees that followed the interpretation and teachings of the rabbis that that structure was feeling threatened by the people believing in Yeshua as the Messiah 
that if a large number of Jews ended up believing in Yeshua as Messiah, that they would be following Yeshua and his teachings and they would no longer submit themselves to rabbinical authority. So this is the contention that is going on in the first century, both in Yeshua's ministry and then in the ministry of Paul. So now let's look at John in chapter 11 and verses 45 and 46, where it says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Yeshua did believed on him. So we have Jews that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Yeshua had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council. They had a rabbi's meeting to decide what they should do regarding the situation. And then they made the determination that in John chapter 11, verse 48, if we let him alone, if we allow people to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, all men will believe on him. And as a result, the Romans will come and take away our place to teach the people the Torah from the rabbi's perspective, take away our place and nation. And so that really is the issue. Now, given we shared with you the view that the rabbis claim their authority to teach the scriptures, and they base it upon Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 8 through 11, where it says, If there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates, you will arise and get you up into the place which the Lord your God shall choose. And the place that he has chosen is Jerusalem. And so the rulings regarding Torah disputes, they were to be made in Jerusalem. And so then we can see in 2 Kings in chapter 21 in verse 4, it says, And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And so in the literal sense, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 9, that you shall come unto the priests and the Levites and unto the judge that shall be in those days and inquire, and they shall show you the sentence of judgment. And when they make the Torah determination, then it says you shall do according to the sentence which they of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show you, and you shall observe to do according to all that they inform you, according to the sentence of the Torah which they will teach you, and according to the sentence which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence which they will show you to the right or to the left. This is how the rabbis claim rabbinical authority to make rulings regarding the Torah. But Yeshua gave the Torah, and the one who gave the Torah should know the proper application and ruling of the Torah. And so this became the conflict. So let's see how this is the conflict in Acts chapter 15 in verses 1 and 2. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved or become a part of the community of Israel. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, in other words, it was a very heated argument, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should 
go to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. So why are they going to Jerusalem? Because the Torah says that when you have a Torah dispute, as I just shared with you in Deuteronomy chapter 17, you shall go to the place where I put my name, Jerusalem, and inquire of the judges who are there. And so did Yeshua instruct his disciples to go and ask the opinions of the rabbis regarding particular matters and whatever they rule and say to follow their rulings? No. Yeshua is the rabbi of the disciples, and he is our rabbi, which means teacher as well. So Yeshua is addressed as rabbi in John chapter 3 and verse 2, that Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, came to Yeshua by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. And so, yes, we are to follow the teachings of our rabbi, but our rabbi is the lawgiver, even Yeshua HaMashiach. And so those that believe on him, that is the apostles and elders, they're the ones to whom, regarding this Torah dispute, they went to hear their ruling regarding the matter. And ultimately, the ruling that ended up being made was the following in Acts chapter 15 and verse 13. And after they had held their peace, James answered saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Peter, or Simeon, has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. So this is the ruling that was made that was then communicated to others regarding the issue. So in Acts chapter 15, how was this Torah controversy resolved? According to the Torah, they went to Jerusalem to the leaders, but it was those that believed in Yeshua as the Messiah, not the rabbis who didn't. They did not inquire of the rabbinical Sanhedrin, but instead they inquired of the apostle and elders in Jerusalem who were followers of Yeshua the Messiah. And so we're going to see this controversy that the Pharisees have regarding believing in Yeshua from John chapter 9 that continues into John chapter 10. John chapter 9 verses 14 through 16 it is written, and it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed and now I see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath day. So this accusation was based upon the interpretation of the Pharisees that came from the rabbis. And what they were opposed to is the person that Yeshua healed that he had him put clay on his eyes and to wash and that is how the miracle took place. Well, according to Pharisaic rabbinic teaching, when you put clay on your eyes 
means that this is one of the definitions of work on the Sabbath. And so what the Pharisees was bringing charge is that Yeshua was not following the interpretation of the Torah by the rabbis. So we can see this continues to be the issue. In John chapter 9 verses 26 and 27, then said they to him again, what did he to you? How did he open up your eyes? And he answered, I've told you and you didn't listen. Wherefore would you hear it again? Then he asked the question of them, will you be Yeshua's disciple or follower of him. The Pharisees, they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. In other words, they say that we believe in following the Torah, but the way that they're trying to follow the Torah is through rabbinic Judaism and the oral law. And it says in John chapter 9, verse 29, we know that God spake unto Moses, but as for this fellow, that is Yeshua, we do not know who he is or we are not willing to except that he is the Messiah. So now in John chapter 9, verse 40, the Pharisees ask Yeshua, are we blind also? And Yeshua gives his answer in John chapter 10 at the beginning of the chapter. And so Yeshua answers and says that he is the door to the heavenly father and it's not rabbinic Judaism. John chapter 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Then said Yeshua, I am the door of the sheep. So Yeshua answered the Pharisees who asked him, are we blind? What is the proper way to come to the Father? And Yeshua said, it's through him. He is the door. And they believed that they had access to the Father in not believing in Yeshua. So Yeshua is using the analogy that they're coming into the house, not through the door, but through another way. And one who doesn't come in by the door, but comes in through a window, the same is a thief and a robber. So Yeshua is saying that the rabbinic Judaism approach to have relationship with the heavenly father is likened to a thief and a robber. And then Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except through me. So Yeshua taught his disciples to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which he said was hypocrisy. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they tread one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Leaven in the Bible is associated with sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, know ye not that the little leaven leavens the whole lump. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, let us keep the feast not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Yeshua also taught that the Pharisees neglect the weightier issues of the Torah. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and in doing so, you have omitted the weightier matters of the Torah, judgment, mercy, and faith. So that is the necessary background that we need to understand now as 
we look into the primary issue that Paul is addressing in the book of Galatians. It's the same thing that Yeshua had encountered in his ministry. And it was not if you should follow the Torah, but the proper way to follow the Torah. So let's begin by looking at Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Well, that's going to conclude part 4 of the series on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.